Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. Thanks for joining us today on the show. Dr. Shane Terrell is going to be our guest out there in Gothenburg, Nebraska, and we're going to talk about lameness in beef cattle. Dr. Terrell is a world-renowned expert in lameness, great veterinarian, good friend. It's going to be a wonderful show, so stick around. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. Today's going to be a great show. Dr. Shane Terrell from Gothenburg, Nebraska is going to be our guest. We're going to head out to a feed yard where Dr. Terrell works as a consulting veterinarian. He also has his PhD in preventative medicine and, and has an understanding of production medicine like most others don't. His specialty is lameness. And today we're going to go out and talk to him a little bit about how you diagnose lameness and when to intervene. Thanks, Dr. Dan, for having me on, on again. It's been a little while. Um, you know, lameness is a is a always important uh, uh, disease in the feed yard setting and and, and in calf calf and stalker settings. And it's uh, something that that we've done research on uh, on together. And and it's something I'm really passionate about. With that opportunity, there's uh, there's really some basics that we need to think about. You know, first is timing of intervention uh, with any disease process. It, it comes down to timing of intervention the right diagnosis and then uh, uh, commitment to correct hospital care from there. And so, so that first part, the, you know, when we talk about timing and, timing and intervention is we need to make sure that we have a, a systematic way to evaluate those animals in the pen to decide when we need to intervene. Um, and similarly in a, in a cow-calf or, or a stalker setting, we need to make a decision, is this lameness something that, that we need to further pursue or is it something that's going to resolve on its own? With that, you know, we developed a locomotion scoring system. It's a, a one through three severity scoring system that's now the, the step up system with Zimpro. That was the system we developed for my PhD research several years ago, and it's really, it's an effective tool to make that, that pin intervention decision, timing intervention decision. Really the basics of it, you know, zero is a, or a normal animal, it's gonna be an animal that's willing to put, put its weight on every limb. Depending on the size of the animal, you know, a, a young light animal is pretty much going to replace that front foot track with its hind foot track. Uh, but most importantly, the symmetry between the left and right sides is really what we look for. So in a normal animal, normal gait, that distance between the front foot and the hind foot as it steps and replaces that track is really what we look for. Locomotion score one and one animals or animals where we start to see some changes in that symmetry. We, might, we can't yet identify the affected limb but we innately see a change in gait and, and really to quantify that, if we look at left side versus right side movement, we can really notice that by the difference in the length of those, that track. Those locomotion score one animals, uh, you know, in the feed yard setting we say, or, and based on our research, we don't have to pull every one of those, but those are animals we want to observe to see if we see progress. If it's just a bumper bruise in a few, in a few days, it's going to get, we'll see improvement and it's going to get better. Uh, if it progresses to a locomotion score two, that's when we, we make the interve intervention decision. A locomotion score two animal is an animal that either presents a head bob where it's shifting its weight enough that, that we see that head drop or raise you know, six to eight inches and have a really noticeable head bob. The other factor that's an automatic yes, no pull is if we can identify what limb's affected. If we can say that that's a left front or right front, left hind, right hind limb that's affected, we know, we know that we need to go ahead and intervene based on our, our data that we, we gathered. 
The third locomotion score three is an animal that's really reluctant to put weight, any weight on, on an affected limb. Those animals, a catastrophic lameness can go from a zero to three really quick. Our goal is to prevent the infectious causes and our secondary infectious causes from becoming a three. So if we intervene when it's a two, we're significantly less likely for that animal to die or for that animal to be sent to salvage slaughter or be railed. And so those, that timing is very important. Uh, we'll go over diagnosis uh, uh, later. The, the third part treatment, uh, if we get the right diagnosis, then we can implement the right treatment. Treatments for lameness, if we intervene on time, can be very, uh, very efficacious. Those treatments can include, depending on the lesion, an antimicrobial, an anti-inflammatory, uh, some type of physical intervention or some corrective trimming of that hoof. Once that animal is, is significantly lame, please reach out to your, your veterinarian that you've established a VCPR with. Help, let them help you make, make those treatment decisions to really make sure that we have efficacious treatment uh, for those animals. Thanks for your information, Dr. Terrell. As always, just fantastic. Folks, when we start to think about lameness, as Dr. Terrell says, you got to diagnose in the pen, then make a decision, and then have an intervention. So you got to be able to find those lame cattle first. And that locomotion scoring system that Dr. Terrell invented starts out with zero being normal, back leg lands where the front leg was. Next one is you'll start to see them be short strided, and that's level one. So if, if their back foot isn't reaching out where the last foot was, and you see that shortened stride, that's mild lameness. If they start to have a head bob when they walk, that's a, that's a score number two. That's a more severe lameness. And three is non-weight bearing. If you see a two or above, time to get them in, check them out, and make a change. Hey folks, let's go back to Nebraska with Dr. Shane Terrell, a bovine veterinarian in Gothenburg, Nebraska. He's a great veterinarian, a great friend. He's gonna take and show you the proper equipment and the proper way to restrain an animal here on the show. Take it away, Shane. All right, thanks, Dan. You know, really when we go through a lameness uh, exam, one of the, probably the most important thing that we do is have the proper equipment so we can do it safely, uh, safely for the uh, individual and safely for the animal. We're starting to put a lot of tilt tables in a lot of our larger facilities that really makes it um, uh, quick and, and easy to handle these, these lame cattle. But even, even without uh, a simple rope and pulley system, um, is what we use at the majority of our facilities so we can get it done quickly. Um, I put a, uh, a clip on the end of it so, to make it easier to get around uh, the leg and, and to uh, mostly to take it off easily, easily also. The, uh, as far as tools go, my, my basic lameness tool kit, I, I have hoof, hoof testers for identifying toe abscesses and sole abscesses a good pair of nippers for treatment of, of, of those toe abscesses and, and for some little corrective trimming and then a good sharp set of hoof knives. Otherwise, those, those are really the simple tools that we can go a long way with. So when we pick up a leg, I tend to like to pick up the leg more straight up than, uh, than backwards. That animal tends to, tends to stand better when we, when we lift it more straight up. It takes a little more effort to get it lifted, but we can secure that leg. Twist around. So again, we can pick up, this is a good sized animal, thousand pound animal with a, with a good system. You can pick that up pretty quick.
it's just remarkable that that you know all the times I've done it wrong in my career when I'm grabbing ropes and pulling on it from behind or pulling that leg straight back when we could have done it there from the side with some of these drop downs on the shoots. I think it's really important to see that that the pulley system is good for you, but it's also good for not having that jerking kicking motion when animals are trying when you're trying to restrain that foot. Being able to snug that thing up and being able to expose that foot so that you can really take your time and diagnose and, and see what's going on with that foot is vitally important. They always told me you'll miss more by not looking than you will by not knowing. And the same goes with lameness. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Dr. Shane Terrell out in Gothenburg, Nebraska. Bellyvet.com is your one-stop shop for your every animal need. From prescription meds, vaccines, equipment, and more for the ranch to the show ring, shop Bellyvet.com for fast shipping and great prices. Bellyvet Supply. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here at Iowa State University. We're going to go back out to Gothenburg, Nebraska with Dr. Shane Terrell. And he's going to show us what you do after you have that foot restrained and how you do a physical exam on the foot. Uh, Dr. Terrell does lameness talks all around the, the world, does short courses, um, but he just has an unbelievable practice set up there in South Central Nebraska, Northwest Kansas. Uh, he's a veterinarian for production animal consultation and uh, go check them out on the website. But uh, Anyway, let's go out to Gothenburg and see what he has for us. So again, uh, talking about timely intervention, diagnosis, hospital care, that second part's really important. That's the correct diagnosis. So I'd really like to go through uh, how I make my, my general diagnosis process or, or what you can go through to help, help you diagnose those animals. When, we, when I do a typical lameness exam, first thing I wanna do is look for, for obvious, skin deficits issues and so we'll be looking we look for a lot we'll look for lacerations on the skin above the hoof of the, that animal next we're going to look for the uh, the basic infectious causes and so uh, foot rot is going to be a infection in between the toes it's set up you know, initially with some type of insult to that interdigital space or that space skin between the toes we have a secondary uh, infection that comes behind it but that that lesion is going to be again cause symmetrical swelling between those toes and cause those toes to, to splay out um, the other place that we'll look before we start doing diagnosis in the hoof itself is going to be in the space on the heel and uh, the, the back cleft again in that interdigital space what we see there and what we see increasingly in the feed yard setting is, is hairy heel wart or digital dermatitis. Um, a lot of times that can be confused with, with foot rot, uh, but, but that, that's going to cause a little bit of a, a different swelling. We aren't going to see that, that symmetrical swelling between the toes. They're going to take weight off of that heel and that, that lesion is going to be a, a really sensitive lesion to touch. In this, in this heel region. So if this one were to have hairy heel wart and I would touch it here, we would have a, uh, a really uh, significant reaction there. Next thing I'll do is, is go ahead and, and check those, those, the hoof itself for toe abscesses or sole abscesses. Those, the toe abscess, if we take the hoof testers, give it a good squeeze on this kind of this very front triangle of that toe, 
So we'll give it a squeeze. There's gonna be a pocket of blood initially on the initial insole of a toe abscess and then eventually uh, develops more towards or into an abscess. We'll get a pain response uh, when we squeeze that area. Uh, about two thirds of the way back in the hoof uh, is, is kind of where that bone ends for that very bottom bone in the hoof. And so those are the places that we're most likely to see sole abscesses. So when we check for sole abscesses, I'll take my hoof testers, come across uh, that toe about two thirds of the way back, squeeze across it. If I were to get a pain response there, then I would, I would try and isolate that pain response to either side, uh, either inside or outside there, but no pain response on that toe. I'll do it again here. So we got no pain response there. So again, in a feed yard setting, that, that usually would end a basic, um, or I guess a basic diagno or diagnosis of in the feed yard. Again, looking for infectious causes, uh, injury or laceration to that skin, uh, toe abscess, sole abscess, and then, uh, and then we're gonna look for, look higher up look and see if we have swelling or infection in the, in the joints. Um, you know, septic arthritis usually is secondary to foot rot, toe abscess or sole abscess. Um, but that septic arthritis we can, we can see here. And then otherwise, then we start looking at our upper limb lamenesses. 90, uh, 90, close to 90% of our hind limb lamenesses are, are lower limb lamenesses. We tend to overdiagnose stifle injuries, hip injuries, um, with something that we're neglecting in the foot. So to take this off, I'm just gonna take off my half hitches here. And this is what I really like about having that clip on your end of your rope, keep you from getting kicked. You just grab that clip, pull it back to a safe distance where we can take that rope off and we're done with our, our exams. Great information, as always, Dr. Terrell. Uh, thanks for that. Remember, 90% of lameness is always in the foot. We over-diagnose in the stifle, the hawk, the knee, and things to that nature. We want to focus on that foot, and we're going to look for lacerations. After we look at that, we're going to look between the toes for, for foot rot in the interdigital space. We're going to look at the back of the heel for that hairy heel wart lesion that's, that's so characteristic. And if that doesn't do it, we're going to grab those hoof testers. We're going to look for toe abscesses and sole abscesses. Those four kind of rounded out. There's other things that can happen, but if you can alleviate those four or at least diagnose those four, you're well on your way to a great treatment. More with Dr. Terrell when we return. Teaching Farm is a place where producers, entrepreneurs, faculty, innovators, consumers, and most of all, our students 
have an opportunity to learn. We strive for excellence in the beef business and provide an environment for others to engage in production agriculture. Through teaching, advocacy, and hands-on instruction. We can grow the next generation of beef producers. We are. We are. We are. The Iowa State University Beef Teaching Farm. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here at Iowa State, and my guest is a special friend, Dr. Shane Terrell. He's a veterinarian out of Gothenburg, Nebraska, who has a PhD in production medicine. He works for Production Animal Consultation, where he's an owner and operator, and he consults feed yards all over the country. Just a tremendous resource, and his research has focused some of it on lameness. So let's head on out and talk to him about maybe how we can prevent or treat some of these lamenesses when they occur. So when we talk about preventing lameness in our facilities, one of the most important things that, that we're, we do is make sure that anywhere we have high traffic or an opportunity for slippage in the feed yard, that we have good quality mats uh, in place to prevent slipping in those areas. Anywhere we make a 90 degree turn where that animal left the chute, we need to make sure that we have some type of uh, traction control in place. Concrete with grooving on its own is, is good, but that, that's all, that also causes abrasions and can potentially set us up for toe abscess and sole abscesses. So some good rubber mats in place goes a long ways. Uh, in front of our chutes, behind our chutes, in our tubs, in our, in our boxes, and in all our, our handling facilities. Again, any, anywhere that they make a, a significant turn, uh, if they do it at a high rate of speed, we got to make sure that we have good traction control. So when we talk about prevention of, of lameness in the feed yard, we really have two categories. We have traumatic or secondary traumatic. So those are injuries, um, toe abscesses, sole abscesses, things that are caused physically from something in our facility. One of the most important things we can do anytime we're approaching handling cattle, shipping cattle, receiving cattle, is make sure before we handle those cattle that we walk through the facility to see if we have any potential places that we're causing lacerations. So any facility issues where we're having wear, sheet metal uh, that's wearing and, and causing a potential surface that those animals can get cut on. Our footing, again, is, is very important. We talked about that already good rubber mats in our, all our facilities, but when we talk about the infectious causes, foot rot, hairy heel wart, those are truly husbandry and pin, pin issues. And so keeping those pins as dry as possible, we, you know, we have weather events that are beyond our control. We're gonna have mud in our feed yard, but uh, making sure that we are aggressive in getting those pins smoothed out, dried out, um, you know, through a drying period, we. We go through a really sloppy period. We go through it that pins can potentially become rough as they dry, as they dry out. So making sure that not only are we trying to get those pins dried out, hauling mud, but also in that drying process that we do our best to, to smooth that surface to prevent those skin abruptions in between that toe that can prevent infection with uh, infectious foot rot. Uh, additionally, hairy heel wart is caused by, by those same uh, same issues. It's really a skin integrity issue that that's caused from the pin conditions. That is, we have the secondary issue with the infection with the hairy heel ward or digital dermatitis. The other thing that's often overlooked is even in our dry periods, 
when our pins are in really good shape. I mean, basics as far as water tank care, making sure that we don't have leaky water tanks that cause just a single area in a pin that causes just a, a small mud hole because that can be a, a nidus or an, an area for to hold that back.